North Korea and the fat kid, as uh, Donald Trump talked about the little dictator there. Uh, they're often portrayed as these kind of international pariahs, a backward regime that's kind of threatening world peace, but really isolated and uh, rather inconsequential. The truth is that they are a, an important player in the deep state agenda. Stay tuned and I'll tell you more. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Deep State, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Alex Newman. Uh, you probably realize we have had some trouble with the big tech tyrants, and uh, those troubles are increasing. In fact, uh, just recently we got another strike from YouTube uh, over a video that I did uh, about big business and the deep state. Uh, apparently they didn't like it, and so they gave us a strike and they took it down. They actually took down my Behind the Deep State channel, so we anticipate it's only a matter of time before they remove us completely. Uh, so what we would like you to do, dear folks, if you're watching this on YouTube, is go over to Rumble.com, look up The New American, follow us there. Uh, that is, uh, for now, one of our premier video platforms. We do put these up uh, on a, a range of different platforms, and we hope you'll follow us there as well. All different places you can find us. Check out the links uh, down below. And you'll find all the places you can follow us, at least some of the places you can follow us. But uh, be aware, if we're missing from YouTube, you know what happened. Just come on over to Rumble and preferably just go to our website, thenewamerican.com. That's where you'll find all of our uncensored content. Big Tech will not tell us what to do, what to say, what truthful information we can share with you. So follow us over there. We thank you for that. Now, I promised you we'd talk about North Korea today. It's such a big subject, but I think it's an important one because uh, North Korea is actually a, a it serves more multiple purposes for the deep state and their globalist agenda. And uh, I want to show you that from the very beginning, uh, despite the impression given by the fake media and by the establishment, uh, the dictatorship in North Korea has been enabled by the very deep state that we've been talking about for two years and, and counting on this program. Uh, it is not just uh, a rogue state with this uh, loony little dictator. I mean, it is a rogue state with a loony little dictator, but it's not just that. Um, and yeah, it looks backward. You know, if you look at a an image of the Korean Peninsula from the sky, uh, you see something very interesting. Uh, you notice that there's a, a very clear line there. Uh, one half has power, <laughs> the other doesn't. Um, and so it, it really is an abomination what's going on there. But uh, we're being told that this backwards regime uh, is, is ridiculous, and at the same time that it threatens America and world peace. Uh, well, I think we need to explore this because uh, we're not getting the full story about North Korea and we have not been for a long time. I think uh, one of the most important things to understand about North Korea is that it is not really isolated in the world like we're told. Uh, yeah, the UN sometimes uh, you know, wags its finger at North Korea, but uh, there's so much more to the story. And, and first you need to understand communist China uh, practically owns and operates the North Korean dictatorship. Uh, yes, communist China is... Uh, uh, ruthless and brutal, maybe not quite as Orwellian and totalitarian as the regime in North Korea, but they really are very, very close. Uh, meanwhile, we have the United Nations continuing to shower aid on North Korea. We have the U.S. government uh, and U.S. taxpayers continuing to facilitate this process. Uh, and even though there are sanctions, uh, this technology, this money, this aid, it all continues going there. And so, you know, when we look at who is the enemy, uh, the Club of Rome, we'll do an episode on them one of these days. They said it was humanity. But really, the enemy when it comes to North Korea is us, right? We're the ones funding this, or at least the globalist swamp pretending 
to speak for us. And so we need to explore this issue of China and North Korea working together. Uh, First of all, Beijing supplies uh, the consumption goods and the energy and all the rest of it that the North Korean dictatorship needs. And in exchange for these goods and services, uh, North Korea provides uh, slave labor, uh, some coal, seafood, and some raw materials. Uh, But North Korea's relationship with China is much deeper than that. In fact, North Korea operates a whole network of front companies in China, they're kind of subsidiaries of the North Korean regime that earn hard cash for this dictatorship uh, around the world. And they also allow the North Korean dictatorship to access the global financial system despite these so-called sanctions. Uh, it allows the North Korean regime to access uh, technologies and, and other uh, systems and tools that would not be available to it normally because of the sanctions. And so uh, this happens uh, all the time. This is a regular problem. And, uh, you know, this is not a secret. Uh, The U.N. has talked about this in some of its reports. Uh, Sometimes it even pops up in the establishment media. Uh, And and this is happening even though, you know, Beijing votes for the sanctions at the U.N. Security Council and then it just flagrantly violates these sanctions. So uh, it's a very bizarre situation, but I think it it helps shed some light on what's going on here. And uh, top officials have actually boasted about this. Uh, I've got a quote from uh, General Xiong Guankai, uh, top Chinese military and intelligence official, who was uh, working very closely with North Korea. So in 1999, he said this, and I'm quoting, uh, the People's Republic of China and the Democratic People's Republic of Korea are in the relations of lips and teeth, and the peoples and armies of the two countries have a blood-tied traditional relationship. Okay, and he's right. Uh, before he retired, he was constantly in Pyongyang. Uh, they were funneling uh, intelligence and, and military aid to the communist regime in North Korea. Obviously, most of that was stolen from the Western world, a lot of it with help from the uh, Bill Clinton administration and others. Uh, of course, you guys remember the, the China Gate scandal where Bill Clinton was caught uh, funneling all of our secret military technology to the Chinese military in exchange for uh, money. Right? Uh, Johnny Chung, one of the guys at the center of this, uh, he publicly said, I see the White House is like a subway. Uh, you have to put in coins to open the gates. Right? So everything that Bill Clinton shared with the communist Chinese, which included, uh, by the way, some of our most sensitive and advanced military technology, according to people like Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman Admiral Thomas Moore, uh, all of that would then eventually be shared with Pyongyang as well. And of course, Russia, too, right? This idea that uh, the UN is going to protect the world from North Korea. Folks, the UN Security Council's got Beijing on it, and it's got Moscow on it, the Kremlin. And of course, the Kremlin is very, very friendly with the Kim dictatorship. And it has been since the days when the US government helped uh, Stalin put communists into power in Northern Korea. Uh, so uh, this, guys, is, is, is a, not a new problem. It continues to this day. In fact, a, a whistleblower who defected to the United States from Russia, uh, his name was uh, Konstantin Preobrazhinsky, a uh, former lieutenant colonel in the KGB. Uh, he actually said that the FSB, the Federal Security Bureau, which is just the rebranded KGB, is the protector of North Korean activity in Russia, the leader of the North Korean lobby. Uh, he says this core, the core of this lobby consists of the Russian elite sharing communist ideas sympathizing with Kim Jong-il, the army generals, the intelligence community, numerous concealed communists in the state bureaucracy. It's the dictator's lobby. And it absolutely is, folks. Uh, Now, 
even though the U.N. pretends to be very concerned about North Korea and even though the U.N. sanctions North Korea from time to time with incidentally assistance from Beijing and Moscow, uh, the U.N. has also been aiding and abetting the rise and the empowerment of this brutal dictatorship. And it's been doing it for a very long time, guys. Uh, I mean, first of all, let's look at the humanitarian assistance, right? Uh, for, for generations now, the U.N. has been pouring so-called humanitarian aid into North Korea. Well, what happens? They give this aid to the dictatorship, whether it's food or energy or whatever. Uh, and then the dictatorship either uses that to make its population dependent and say, hey, we'll give you food as long as you're a good slave. Or they'll just say, hey, we'll sell this food on international markets and then we'll use it to buy weapons or war materials or military uniforms or whatever. The UN knows all this, right? They, they've talked about it publicly. And yet they keep pouring the money into there. Um, they've also helped the dictatorship build its weapons program uh, back in the uh, 1980s. The so-called UN Development Program helped build the Pyongyang Semiconductor Factory in North Korea. And everybody knows uh, the U.S. has said this, the South Korean government has said this, the uh, nuclear threat initiative in Washington, D.C., uh, that the regime has been using this factory to produce electronic components for its missile programs. And of course, these missiles are then aimed at America and American allies and used uh, as a pretext to increase our military spending to further empower the United Nations and all the rest of it. Uh, it really is uh, quite an incredible scam. Uh, the UN uh, Development Program has also been funneling millions of dollars in currency to this dictatorship. And then they fill up the ranks of their own bureaucracy with North Koreans. And uh, when the whistleblower tried to expose the fact that the UNDP was brazenly helping the North Korean dictatorship, he got in trouble. He was fired. He was uh, demonized and humiliated while the madness continued. Uh, the World Intellectual Property Organization, we've covered this extensively at the New American has also been aiding and abetting the North Korean dictatorship in so many ways. Uh, they were actually caught uh, not too long ago helping the dictatorship prepare a patent application for the production of sodium cyanide, which of course they use to create a deadly nerve gas. Yes, I'm not kidding. Um, this chemical is, of course, on the list of banned items for North Korea, and yet uh, WIPO has been helping them. Uh, we also know WIPO, the World Intellectual Property Organization, has been sending advanced American technology. Uh, they call it dual-use technology that can be used by the military, advanced computer systems and other things uh, under the guise of helping them file patents. So we're sending them advanced computers and servers and technology to file patents. You think there's a lot of innovation going on in North Korea? Give me a break, folks. Uh, they're not allowed to receive this aid, uh, either under UN sanctions or under US law, and yet the UN, with impunity has been funneling this stuff there. And guess who got in trouble? Not the people breaking the sanctions, not the people sending the technology, rather the people who exposed it, the whistleblowers who exposed all of this. Uh, you've got the UN Industrial Development Organization. It's been funneling millions of dollars. Incidentally, the UN, uh, they call it UNIDO, UN uh, Industrial Development Organization, was run by an agent of the Communist Chinese government, an actual member of the CCP, who was funneling all of this aid to North Korea. Millions and millions of dollars under the guise of helping uh, the North Korean dictatorship to develop businesses that'll be used to earn hard cash so that the dictator and the dictatorship can further terrorize the world. Uh, unbelievable, folks, and yet it's been going on from the start. In fact, uh, the U.S. government has been doing this for generations, for decades. Uh, they actually created the uh, 1994 Agreed Framework, and the U.S. government said they would give the dictatorship 
light water nuclear reactors and 500,000 tons of heavy fuel every year if the dictatorship would just freeze its nuclear program. Oh, isn't that cute? Well, they gave the stuff. The North Korean government said, just kidding, we're not going to obey that. And yet the U.S. government continued sending huge super tankers filled with oil for almost a decade, allowing the dictatorship to further oppress its victims, to further terrorize the world. In fact, according to a Heritage report, Heritage Foundation report in 2002, North Korea was actually the fourth largest recipient of U.S foreign aid after Israel, Egypt, and Colombia. Let that sink in, folks. When they tell you North Korea threatens the world and we got to empower the UN and we got to work with China to contain North Korea, folks, you're being deceived. It's that simple. It really is. Um, And the the globalists in Washington, D.C. and in New York, they're all about this. Uh, We've done episodes here on the Council on Foreign Relations. Well, the Council on Foreign Relations has been advocating that the North Koreans be allowed to have their own nuclear program. Uh, One of their uh, drone spokesman drones, uh, John Dillery, uh, he wrote an article in Foreign Affairs, the magazine of the CFR. And he said that, uh, hey, if the U.S. wants to achieve peace on the Korean peninsula, we should stop looking for ways to stifle North Korea and undermine Kim Jong-un. And we should find ways to make Pyongyang feel more more secure. Yeah, that's exactly what U.S. policy should be about, making the most brutal dictatorship, maybe on planet Earth, feel more secure. Yeah, what a great idea. He also said that uh, we should give Kim a security guarantee. Uh, We should normalize diplomatic relations. We should acknowledge that uh, Kim has a sovereign right to a space program. Uh, We should send even more tax-funded foreign aid than Obama wanted to send. Folks, I'm not kidding you, right? This, This is what the CFR said in its propaganda mouthpiece. Uh, And they said, in exchange, uh, maybe North Korea could provide some more slave labor for big business because they have, and I'm quoting here, an industrious, disciplined, and educated workforce. Yep. Not kidding, folks. That is what the propaganda mouthpiece of the Council on Foreign Relations said uh, in plain daylight for everybody to see. Now, this relationship between CFR subversives and building up the North Korean dictatorship is not new. Uh, In fact, it goes back all the way to the beginning when this brutal dictatorship was getting established. Uh, After World War II, uh, subversive U.S. officials, almost all the members of the Council on Foreign Relations, some of them even actual actual Soviet spies working for Joseph Stalin, uh, helped entrench North Korean dictatorship in power and then helped to build them up. Uh, One of the obvious ones was the Soviet spy Algar Hiss, who, of course, was the key founder of the U.N., first secretary general of the U.N. Uh, He was part of the U.S. delegation in Yalta in 1945 where uh, they basically agreed to give the Soviet government control over huge areas under Japanese control if Stalin would uh, join the war against Japan. And uh, wasn't that cute? Uh, Stalin waited until after nuclear bombs were dropped on Japan. He waited till less than a week before the war was over and Japan surrendered to say, hey, we're going to declare war on Japan. And in exchange, the U.S. government said, hey, you can have Manchuria. You can have these huge, huge areas of territory where the Japanese were storing weapons and uh, food stockpiles and tanks and all the rest of it. So when they did that, uh, Stalin ended up with Manchuria. Stalin took all these Japanese weapons and stockpiles and food and uniforms and, and material and sent it all to Chairman Mao so that he could take over China and so that he could back up the North Koreans as they were the, the communist North Korean forces as they were working to enslave at least half of the Korean peninsula. CFR operatives were busy at every step of the way. People like George Marshall, uh, who stabbed our ally Chiang Kai-shek in the back. Uh, They were telling us that, uh, oh, Chairman Mao is just an agrarian reformer. What a great guy. Meanwhile, Chiang Kai-shek, a very close ally of the United States who helped us defeat Japan, uh, who put his men and himself on the line to stand by the United States. We said he was, the CFR said he was corrupt and we put him under a U.S. embargo. Uh, Again, all CFR members involved in this. 
And, uh, you know, it's not just conservatives who've recognized this. Uh, John F. Kennedy, actually, uh, when he was a, a member of Congress back in 1945, he said on the floor of the House of Representatives, the responsibility for the failure of our foreign policy in the Far East rests squarely with the White House and the Department of State. Uh, he said the continued insistence that aid would not be forthcoming unless a coalition government with the Chinese communists was formed was a crippling blow to the national government. Uh, five days after that, John F. Kennedy said that uh, what our young men had saved, our diplomats and our president have frittered away. It's true, folks. It's what they did. Uh, so they handed over this territory to the Soviets. The Soviets then used that to arm the communists in North Korea, the communists in China. And then they made sure that the South Koreans and the U.S. government could not stop the communist forces in Northern Korea. Uh, and this is very well documented, folks. Uh, John MacArthur, or excuse me, Douglas MacArthur, general who uh, oversaw our operations there, uh, he wrote about this in his book. Uh, he talked about this incredible betrayal from Washington, D.C. of uh, the forces fighting in Korea, including uh, many of our family members, right? Uh, he wrote in his book uh, reminiscences about this incredible betrayal. And I'm quoting here from his book. He says, I was forbidden hot pursuit of enemy planes that attacked our own. Manchuria and Siberia were sanctuaries of inviolate protection for all enemy forces and for all enemy purposes, no matter what depredations or assaults might come from there. Then I was denied the right to bomb the hydroelectric plants along the Yalu. The order was broadened to include every plant in North Korea, which was capable of furnishing electric power to Manchuria and Siberia. Most incomprehensible of all was the refusal to let me bomb the important supply center at Racine, which was not in Manchuria or Siberia, but many miles from the border in northeastern Korea. Racine was the depot to which the Soviet Union forwarded supplies from Vladivostok for the North Korean army. Folks, imagine this. Our military was handcuffed so that the communists could enslave northern Korea so that eventually they could use this madness for whatever purposes they wanted. And we'll talk about those purposes in a moment. Uh, this uh, betrayal was very well known to the American forces and to the communist forces. Uh, a leaflet quoted by General MacArthur in his book uh, by Chinese General Lin Piao. Uh, he was the uh, Chinese commander, the communist commander who uh, slaughtered tens of thousands of Americans in Korea. Uh, this is what the, the uh, leaflet said. I would never have made the attack and risked my men and military reputation if I had not been assured that Washington would restrain General MacArthur from taking adequate retaliatory measures against my lines of supply and communication. Can you imagine it, folks? Can you imagine? And the U.S. government, uh, under the leadership of these subversives, also made sure that Chiang Kai-shek would not join the fray. In fact, he offered repeatedly to come help uh, American forces. Instead, the U.S. put the 7th Fleet in between the, uh, the strait there to protect uh, the communists from Chiang Kai-shek's forces that were on Taiwan. Imagine the betrayal, folks. Imagine the betrayal of our men, of the freedom fighters in Korea and all around the world. And of course, we, we've done other episodes on this. Uh, these subversives within the U.S. government, they brought Castro to power. Uh, they helped the Chinese communists come to power. Uh, they even helped build up the Soviet Union, right? Uh, the weapons that the Soviets were fighting with were made in America. We were sending them over there under the Lend-Lease program. And we'll do more episodes on this because it's so critical. Uh, Jimmy Carter and uh, Henry Kissinger helped put uh, that mad man, uh, Marxist genocidal lunatic uh, Robert Mugabe in charge of Zimbabwe. 
Uh, just example after example, guys, of what they are doing. And so you know, why would they want a, a tin pot dictatorship enslaving North Korea? Well, there's a lot of reasons. And, uh, you know, my personal opinion, I, I don't have any evidence to back this up, but it just it's logical. Uh, I think in, in one sense, the deep state is using North Korea as kind of an experiment. Uh, how much can we oppress people? How brutally can we tyrannize them? Uh, and, and what's the most effective way of doing that? Uh, and they have discovered in North Korea that you can keep a, a mass murder brutal, ruthless dictatorship based on lies in power indefinitely if you use terror, indoctrination, brainwashing, slave labor camps, and, and all the rest of it. Uh, so it's been very successful. Now, the North Korean economy is so backwards, they, they can't even keep the lights on. But they figured out that this tyranny is it's possible to keep it in place. Uh, and I think that's one of the key things. Another obvious one, and we do have a lot of evidence of this, is that they're constantly using North Korea as the boogeyman to justify bringing about the new world order. We got to empower the United Nations to save us from North Korea. We've got to work with China and help them because they're going to contain North Korea. Right? It's absolutely asinine. And yet it's what keeps happening over and over and over again, right? Uh, we're going to empower the UN to, to, to put sanctions on North Korea and to tell governments what to do, all to keep us safe from North Korea, right? And, and there's also, and we've talked about this on the program uh, many times before, uh, the globalists have understood for a long time that war and the threat of war is a very valuable tool in bringing about their global government. Uh, CFR member Lincoln Bloomfield back in 1968 published that report, uh, A World Effectively Controlled by the United Nations, where he concluded that war or the threat of war was the most effective way to change people's attitudes so that they'd be willing to give up sovereignty and submit to a world officially controlled by the United Nations. And of course, if you understand that China is right at the center of the effort to build the deep state's new world order, that they were put in place by the deep state, that they were built up by the deep state, uh, you know, we've showed you this, we've done many episodes on, on uh, these related issues. Uh, you realize that this alliance between the North Koreans and the Chinese makes perfect sense in that context. Uh, North Korea is the boogeyman, the thing that we need to be scared of to justify all of these other insane policies, when really North Korea is a product of the deep state's machinations, whether that be through the funding that they're diverting from American taxpayers, through the help that they're getting through the UN, through the help that they're getting through the mass murdering dictatorship in communist China. Uh, it's just grotesque what's happening here, folks. And really, the North Korean people are the primary victims of this atrocity. Uh, it, it's, I mean, the, the UN and the Chinese foxes are not just guarding the hen house. Uh, they're, they're eating the chickens uh, and then uh, spitting on the farmer as, uh, as he pretends that the foxes are actually helping those chickens stay safe. It, it really is grotesque what's going on here, folks. And uh, we have other globalists like uh, Richard Rhodes and Michael Schellenberger writing in Foreign Affairs, the mouthpiece of the CFR, saying that CFR, that the, uh, the Pyongyang should be allowed to have its own nuclear program, folks. Uh, this is crazy. So I, I think the best way to see Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-il and all, all these North Korean dictators, they're just puppets, right? They're puppets of the deep state. Uh, they do what the deep state wants them to do. And, you know, they enjoy it. They, they get to live uh, uh, like kings. They get to exercise massive power over their people. But none of this would be possible, folks, without the foreign policy establishment in Washington, without the United Nations building them out, without communist China helping them to 
make all of this possible. So uh, I'm not suggesting that North Korea is harmless. I'm not suggesting that uh, they don't now have missiles that could hurt us. They might, right? I mean, they're getting all the technology from China, which got it from us. So, uh, you know, Americans built some pretty good military technology. And now a lot of that is available to Pyongyang, to, to this mass murdering dictatorship. But the idea that we're going to stop this threat by subsidizing it, by working through the United Nations, by holding hands with the mass murdering regime in China, it's beyond preposterous, folks. The deep state is uh lying to us. They're deceiving us just like they do on everything else. And so if we seriously want to deal with the North Korean threat, a really good place to start would be to stop the tax subsidies and stop enabling this madness. I guarantee you, without all the foreign aid, this monstrous dictatorship would collapse almost immediately. When people are hungry, they are no longer willing to tolerate this sort of abuse. And yet the American government and really the subversive forces within the American government, the deep state and the deep state behind the deep state have made all of this possible. That's all we have time for today, folks. But I do want to thank you for tuning in. I do want to encourage you to share this out. Get to the newamerican.com. Uh, you know, a big part of this actually came from a, a major cover story that we did in the New American. So you can go find that uh, at our website, thenewamerican.com. Get a subscription to the print magazine. They can't censor us there. And also uh, go follow us on Rumble and some of the other platforms, folks, because we may not be on YouTube too much longer. If you're watching this on YouTube, Go now, right? Uh, get another browser open. Go to rumble.com. Look up The New American and find us there. And then bookmark our page, thenewamerican.com. Thank you folks so much for tuning in. And until next week, God bless you all. If you enjoyed this video, please make sure to subscribe, hit like, hit that little bell so that you'll be notified whenever we post new videos. And also please make sure to share this video with your friends. Email is a great way to do it. Remember, there are powerful forces working to steal our freedom and destroy our country. We need to work together, expose those behind the deep state. Otherwise, you can kiss your liberties goodbye.